0: The Money Show.
1: Shapeshifters. Tonight's Shapeshifter G. G. Alcock, the author of Cassinomics and the Casinomic Revolution. On his website, he describes himself as born white, Zulu bred. He's owned a Shabin in the past. He's been a political advocate uh, activist. He's been a community worker, and adventurer across the African continent. The founder of Minanawe Marketing, a marketing agency for the mass market. And Gigi Orcock, I haven't seen you for about the last three or four years. Have you been busy as the world of marketing into the mass market kept you occupied and out of trouble?
0: Bruce, yeah, very, very busy. Um, moved on from Minanawe, uh, which I sold, but... Uh, yeah, still, still very busy and, and still focusing on the uh, township or informal economies.
1: Talk to me. Let's just remind everybody about your background. It's a fascinating background. Mum and dad give up dairy farming and they go move to a, a mud hut on a hillside overlooking the Tugela River. And you're born into this environment in a time of apartheid. You grow up with Zulu kids, you go to school in the local village until one day if memory serves, you're told, no, 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 you don't belong here, go to the white school. I mean, roughly speaking, that's that's a, that's a, an early summary. Where, where do you go from there?
0: Yeah, well, yeah, so a very good summary. Um, yeah, we grew up really poor in a mud hut um, on the banks of the Tugela and, in fact, my mother still lives like that in the mud hut refuses to change her life. Um, and um, yeah, uh, my mother taught us at home until the government told us that uh, we had to go to a white school and learn how white people lived. And um, and then from there, I was a political activist. I I um, went to the military where, for two years, where I was <laughs> I carried on my political stuff and caused trouble. And uh, and then basically, I couldn't afford to go to university. I, I asked my father early on in my life if. Uh, he would send me to university and he said, I um, I won't send you to university because I can't afford it, but I'll prepare you for life in Africa. And in many ways, I think that came true. I, I um, went from a political activist, moved to Johannesburg, started as a bricklayer because I couldn't find anything that I was qualified for. Beyond that, um, stick fighting and Zulu dancing weren't going to get me any business and, Johnny, and uh, Clegg had,
1: Johnny Clegg had already cornered the music market, so bricklaying it was, I
0: suppose. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. And uh, and I'm not very good at dancing. Johnny certainly took that. Um, yeah. And and then I started my first business was a, a telephone business in the townships, uh, and and in the Zulu hostels, the same places Johnny was hanging out: JP Hostel, Jablani Hostel, Alex Hostel. Um, it was when the telecom kind of ticky boxes were failing and it was before cell phones and, and started setting up these cell phones in the townships. Um, so not cell phones, sorry, so a phone booth. Um, you kind of had all of these phones with a little counter and charged five cents a unit to phone. And that was my first kind of business in that space. Um, and, and kind of it didn't want to be a bricklayer for the rest of my life. Uh, and, and I, I earned a thousand rand a month as a bricklayer working from five till, uh, from seven until five. And so, yeah, I started doing this. I, I realized that the great skill I had was access to, to markets and places, um, that I'd never thought of as markets. Um, and, uh, and, and yeah, so, so I started the cell phone, the, the, the telephone business and, um, and I met a company called Group Africa. I kept bumping into them in the townships and stuff and, uh, basically got a job with one of the first businesses that did marketing in the townships. And, and I guess the rest is, is kind of history.
1: Because what you've done in the last 20 years or so is developed a really deep insight into the informal economies of the townships. And you gave us the deep insight. You shared that deep insight in carcinomics and the carcinomic revolution in terms of how little corporate South Africa knows and understands the lion's share of the South African population just uh, absolutely no relatability, no idea how to access um, that market, no idea how to serve that market. And rather than go in, boots and all, um, it sort of played on the periphery for a long time. Everybody probably except SAB for many years,
0: yeah. Uh, so when I started Group Africa as one of the first companies that that did um, work in that space, and then I went on and started a business called Minanawe Marketing, which I I sold in 2018 to um to the publicist group, the French multinational. But um when I started <laughs> um Minanawe, which means you and I, um, it was really about focusing on this township um and informal economy that really no one believed had any um that, that there was any potential there. I mean, the only people who were really involved there was uh, South African breweries, as you mentioned, and Unilever. Um and, and brands like Omo and Rama and stuff like that. So we um yeah, we were the first people to really focus on that township and kind of say that there was there was money there and there was an economy there and um and that people should be looking at it. I mean it's hard to believe now, you know, so now there's kind of a land grab, everyone's trying to get into the township um or mass market. Uh and, and at the time no one believed there was money there. The the main business was being spent on the white market and the mass market was secondary. Uh and, and we really well, I certainly believed it. I had two partners, Sandile Busani and Jablani Pagati, who who started Minanawa with me. And and we really believed there was a a market there. And 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 one of the reasons I wrote Gasinomics was it's was really the basis of all the work we'd done to understand that and try and convince people that there was a market there. Uh and um I mean, we went as far as running things like the Soweto Beach Party, where we launched Captain Morgan Spice gold uh in in the townships it was a you know we put 400 tons of beach sand down on a beach in Soweto and uh we we uh, had ocean going yachts on the dam and ran a, a huge party in Soweto um to launch Sowet um uh, spice gold we had what we call the perfect seshebo show which was a real the first kind of cooking show that focused on an african meal called the seshebo which uh what we did for Unilever and brands like Knorr and Roger and Aromat and so on, um, <clears throat> all sorts of crazy stuff. We launched uh, Parmalat cheese slices and built a couple of billion rand business that never existed before in cheese slices into the quarter.
1: That was as, as simple a thing as just <laughs> convincing people who make fed Cooks and Cook is you know, staple street food and the quarters are staple street food. Why don't you add a slice of cheese into that? And Parmalat said Parmalat of money um, and <laughs> they um, it was just something as, as elementary as that um, putting cheese on a cheeseburger adding cheese to a quarter um, suddenly changed the market dynamic and created a brand new sales channel
0: for parmelot yeah well all the cheese guys eventually followed Pommelot into it I mean it's now about a uh, it's probably four four and a half billion rand a year sector that never existed before and it was it was kind of understanding not not only that there was a um you know fed cooks and quarters but actually realizing that there was a huge volume in people buying quarters which are like the hamburger of the townships or fed cook uh and and that is not such a small sector you know I wrote about a woman and in, in uh downtown joburg who sells three thousand fed cook a day for one rand each uh and and uh you know kind of makes about a thousand five hundred rand um a um a, a day profit from selling Fedbook. Now, no one really believed that there was that kind of volumes. And, and when we launched it with Parmalet, suddenly it became visible. So, you know, I think, and it's still a big issue. You know, there's this kind of sense that the, that market is not so, so big. And, and, uh, you know, we have all of these uh, stories, which I, I really kind of poo poo about inequality and unemployment in the country. Um, and so people kind of feel, like, okay, well, everyone's poor and, uh, there's no, um, No business in that sector, and that's kind of what we changed with the models we ran.
1: Talking this evening to Gigi Olcock, the author of Casinomic Revolution and uh, the and and uh, More with Gigi in a moment. Uh, what's it like to sell your marketing business to publicists? I wonder. Publicists have been very active in the South African market, snapping up small enterprises like that. What is he up to now? Certainly, so still very active in understanding markets and providing access to markets. More with Gigi Olcock in just a moment.
0: The Money Show.
1: Shapeshifters. Gigi Alcock, our shapeshifter this evening. So you sold me now, now where, uh to the publicists in 2018. At the time, I think they were going on and buying up lots of agencies, small agencies like yours. Was that a, a relief to you? Was it nice to uh, be able to cash in on something that you'd built? Or do you still uh, sort of hanker on for those days of running mm. wild and, and and creating new ideas?
0: Sure. I mean, it was my baby, and I'd run it for twenty odd, uh, nineteen years, I think it was, and um, so I mean, there was a. I I stayed in the business for for the kind of two and a half years of my uh, payout period, Um, and but yeah, I mean, I'd I'd done the the time. It was time to move on, and um, and and I guess uh, having staff, you know, you end up being a policeman and a mother, um, or a mother, (laughs) and sometimes both and uh so moving on and and starting you know what, what I've now called gasinomics um it was it was in many ways a relief and it was something new and um yeah so so i moved uh, you know so 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 and and, and minanawi had really created this whole sector of township marketing and a lot of people were entering it so uh yeah so so in many ways it was time uh, and it was also a time for me to kind of put my money where my mouth is. So, uh, you know, I've invested in some township-facing businesses and so on, uh, which I joked with my wife and said, you know, like, I'll either lose a lot of money um, or make money. But if I lose money, at least I'll have content for another book. So I won't lose completely.
1: And I haven't seen another book, so I'm assuming that you're doing rather well out of these these investments. <laughs> so, so what does Casinomics do? I mean, what is your raison d'etre?
0: Uh, what's your yeah, reason for so, existence? Yeah, so I I'm a, I'm a, a, a do consulting to, to a range of business. I've been involved with uh, BankServe, launching the new PayShop Rapid Payments uh, program, uh, w- which which launches quite soon. I work for um, a, a Heineken Brands, um, running a, a really exciting Amstel uh, entrepreneur campaign and competition. Um, but as I said, I've also invested um, – into into these businesses one is called Yebo Fresh I think you've uh, spoken yep. with them um, doing e-commerce kind of wholesaler to, to township spazer shops. Uh, another one is uh, or Source of Health which is a range of high-end scientifically formulated traditional African herbal medicine products
1: sure. um,
0: you know that sector I wrote about is 18 billion rand a year sector and multi sales um, this is kind of that um, another range of um, sources, the Soweto, um sources, which include like a, a take on on the favorite chakalaka chuk- in the townships. We've got a, something called chakalaka, which is kind okay. of Mrs. Ball's chutney of the chakalaka sector. Yeah, and that's that's the exciting part, much more than kind of, the, the, I mean, the consultancy pays the rent, um, and uh, these other businesses and a few others are, are really where kind of the excitement lies. And, and I believe still, as much as I've kind of advised people to enter the township space, is that this space is really where, you know, and, and I call Gacinomic revolution the book uh, Garcinomic Revolution because there's a real revolution happening in, the, in this township sector and in the informal economy in both townships and rural environments and, and hence investing in that kind of sector.
1: Uh, and just the the amount of demand and the the amount of um, the way these markets have been neglected for so long, I'm sure you're finding a lot more competition now by virtue of the fact of all the work that you did uh, than you might have twenty years ago. But you're finding it a rewarding environment
0: in which to work. Yeah, you know, um, I mean, I, I often say if I made money from I told you so's, I'd be I'd be even, <laughs> I'd be really rich because. Um, <laughs> A lot of what I said about a lot of uh, these kind of sectors has certainly come out to be true and data is showing a lot of the scale that, you know, a lot of other people are, sh- are showing this. Um but it's really exciting sector, Bruce. You know, it's like in the light of, of, um, you know, people talking about formal unemployment, as, as I say, is, is high. But if you look at the kind of hustles and the entrepreneurship and the informal businesses, what I kind of call independent businesses, it's a really vibrant space, you know, and in the light of uh kind of all these like negative things we hear about. I still feel the township's an incredibly exciting business opportunity. People are kind of ignoring government and getting on with their lives, and and uh, you know the kind of concept of hustling and and uh, and running your own little business is is growing dramatically, and and so it's an exciting space, and and uh, and it's a neglected space uh, even now. You know, as much as people are entering it, and there is a bit of a land grab and an attempt. Uh, you know, a lot of people are looking at the townships. Even the government is is, is starting to look more and more at the kind of, um, you know, inf- uh, township economies. Um, you, you know, so, so despite that, you know, a lot of people aren't getting it right, and so it's still a, a place of huge opportunity uh but most of all you know i consider myself an economic activist a lot of the work i do with the township entrepreneurs and so on is very much about just elevating their presence and uh, the consciousness about the space so that both government and and businesses can start investing more in that space and and that kind of my economic activism it's like returning back to my old anti apartheid activism days is, really exciting because it's about elevating this highlighting these these businesses finding ways of creating reciprocal models where both the township business benefits as well as as a as a a corporate or myself if if it's one of my businesses uh and and uh, you know we are surrounded you know we doomsday scrolling through the news we're surrounded by this and this is one area where there's There's a lot of passion, a lot of energy, a lot of um, vibrancy and resilience, and, and that's exciting.
1: I wonder if you would concur. I'm often asked, particularly by foreigners who look at our unemployment stats and say, you know, you got 75% youth unemployment, 16 to 34-year-olds. You've got, on average, 42% unemployment, people who, for love or money, cannot find a job. Why have we not had an Arab Spring in South Africa? And I, I, the only thing to which I can ascribe it is the casinomic revolution you refer to. It's the informal economy. It's the fact that just because people don't have an R 5 at the end of the year doesn't mean that they're not economically active it doesn't mean that they're sitting at home waiting for the bus to come waiting for government for a handout maybe that that's part of the the what keeps south africa from uh, from going over the edge Uh, but people are hustling and people are creating their own opportunities i think that much is abundantly clear via your experience
0: yeah i mean uh, absolutely and and you know the figures are, are true to the formal economy but we're not measuring things properly I mean you, you know if you just look at backroom rental backyard rooms uh, you know that's a, a 20 billion rand a year uh, income sector the, the spazas which are mainly foreign owned they pay about 25 billion rand to South African households and rental that's 50 billion rand a year the spaza sector itself is 160 billion rand a year the the taverns and alcohol sectors 110 billion rand a year sector air salons is ten billion and 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 and, you know i can keep going and 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 you know we tend to 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 have a fairly one-sided view of the informal economy as it were um but it's it's this really huge economy i mean the taxi sector is fifty billion rand a year so you start adding all of this up it's not measured there's not enough data about it my my argument is that Real unemployment, as in no form of income. So you're not sitting there receiving rental for, for three back rooms of say six and a half thousand rand a month. As an example, real unemployment or lack of any form of income outside of a social grant, for argument's sake, uh, is closer to around 15%. Uh, and we see this in all sorts of stuff. I mean, you know uh, recently uh, you know pick and pay announcing and 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 uh, shoprite the alcohol and clothing sales going up 12 17% the most stolen product in south africa's ports today are hair extensions according to the insurance um, industry um not food not blankets hair extensions uh, which just illustrates you know it's a 10 billion rand a year sector in in hair salons um, but but 64% growth in hair extensions imports into South Africa again what what are we seeing we're seeing that there's a whole bunch of kind of luxury and more upmarket items that are are um you know that that people are buying uh and these aren't like my, just my figures Go and look at the alcohol off uh, off premise alcohol sales from Shoprite going up at uh, you know 12 or 17% uh, this hair extensions growing and so on and so forth points to the fact there's a lot more incomes out there and there's a lot um, you know less of people living on the bread line. and so so you know the I mean uh, Shoprite sells sells um, a, 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 I believe a billion rand's worth of cakes a you year know, strawberry chocolate cakes and so on and so forth um, but everyone talks about their five rand bread um, not the not the cakes that they sell. So, so the point is that there is a lot more money out there, and where's that money coming from? That money is in essence circulating within these economies, and uh, that's why we don't have an Arab Spring. Because if we really had that high level of of unemployment that's mentioned, and those people really didn't have any incomes, of course we'd have a revolution. We'd have uh, far worse than the looting we had the other day. And even if you look at the looting, where did the looting happen? It didn't happen in the poorest provinces. Uh, and where was the looting happening at? Uh, at um, you know, macro and and, yeah. and alcohol outlets. So it point you know points to the fact that there is a lot more money out there. Uh, incomes aren't as badly affected as they are. And I'm not saying there's not poor people. I'm just saying that the number of poor people or the percentage of poor people yeah. is closer to 12 to 20 percent and i can give reasons why i say that 12 to 20 percent real kind of living on the bread line
1: but no, still i think
0: it's
1: or more G, Gigi, we have to leave it there i mean you're always fascinated with your stats and your data and your insight and your wisdom and your experience and i thank you very much for sharing with us this evening but the point i think is comfortably made